0: Good morning, patrons, and welcome to another episode of A Universe of Stories. I hope you brought your cute meter because I'd say today's subject will knock it off the charts. Joining us live is Karina McDaniel talking about something very close to her heart, Silver Rescue. Thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of your schedule today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you for having me okay so i can't I can't start this without asking you how many adorable animals do you currently have at Silver Rescue that are looking for forever homes
1: Well, um, I have um about nine cats, four of which are adoptable um and the rest are either too old or sick, and they they have sanctuary here until they die. But four cats are here that are looking for a home. And then we have um, one little dachshund out of seven dogs. I have a little dachshund that will be looking for a home um, in a little while. I still need to do a little bit of training with him. And um, I have a bonded pair uh, where the boy is deaf, and the girl is his uh, ears. Um, They... uh, would be looking for uh, a home if I could find somebody that would understand and know how to deal with a deaf dog. Uh, the others are here to stay unless somebody is interested in an older um, dog. I have mostly seniors or behaviorally challenged um, dogs. Um, the uh, uh, A couple of the seniors have had cancer Um, And once they've had cancer, nobody wanted them. And so I basically took them off the adoption list. But if somebody cared enough about such animals there, I would be happy to find them a home where they would not have to live in a more restricted um, um, uh, rescue situation. So... um, You know, in in a rescue situation, you don't just have all the dogs and all the cats living on top of each other. You separate them by temperament, uh, by personalities, and then um, you take this group out for a walk or that group out for a walk or this group cuddles with you tonight and that, that group cuddles with you and sleeps with you the next night. And so it's a continuous rotation like that, but, yeah, I would love for them all to have homes.
0: Absolutely. Now, is it hard to take these animals into your home to have a shelter, you know, and not decide to just keep them forever?
1: (laughs) Is it hard to part with them? It is really hard because you get attached to them. No matter what you do, no matter how hard you say, you are not going to get attached. You get attached because you care for them, you feed them, you train them, you vet them. And by the time they leave... um, I used to shed a tear every time, but I've done this for 20 years now where it's become, okay, I'm happy they've got a home. Uh, I can walk away. I don't have to cry. I can miss them. They take a part of my heart but, with them, but um, it. that's why I'm in the rescue business, to, to find them homes, to give them a temporary shelter, um, and then find them homes and and i have to love them you know if i didn't love them then it wouldn't be what it's supposed to be so yeah it's it's not easy um it's just something you have to deal with
0: okay talking about how it might not be a little bit easy you know it might be a harder process to let them go how did you decide to get involved in pet rescuing and sheltering
1: well i guess you don't have long enough for this interview <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can just give us a revised uh, version
1: yeah <laughs> well it started about um 22 years ago now um all right let's just say around 20 years ago when a friend asked me to look um at the uh little cat that uh she had that had somehow gotten hurt uh its back legs were broken um and so i went over to her house they were afraid to reach out for it and um I being ignorant and uh, of the fact that I could be bitten just stuck my hand under there and I grabbed him and set him in my lap and sure enough his back legs had been broken. They'd started going back together because it had been a week and they were afraid to touch him and grab him. And, um, so he looked in my, la- in my eyes. He just sat in my lap with his uh, face towards the, uh, my friend and he looked up at me with those big green eyes like who are you and what are you doing to me please don't hurt me and so i took him home i got him repaired it took about six months to heal his legs had to be rebroken and he had pins in them and all of that to uh heal and in about six months he was able to run and do anything any other cat uh, any normal cat would have done his little back legs were just a little bit shorter than a normal cat and he lived 19 years oh wow and yeah, so I thought that he would be dead from pain with arthritis that I'd have to euthanize him, and I thought, well, I'll give you whatever time you need and want until you're unhealthy enough to be, to do to be happy. Uh, and he lived 19 years, but it's all his fault because he's the reason I started in cat rescue. Um, and so by the time the tenth cat came around, apparently when when Silver came along. That's what I named him. Um, um, he put a an invisible sign in my yard and said, Sucker lives here. <laughs> and so <laughs> the cats started showing up. And That's so right. I started taking in cats, exactly. And um, I didn't follow the advice of what a lot of people say, don't feed them and they won't stay. Well, I couldn't do that. Um, and so by the time the 10th cat was here, I said, okay, enough is enough. I'm going to have to do something to find some of these cats home, and if they keep coming, I certainly will have to do that. Um, and so I started looking into getting um, the 501c3 nonprofit status. I was able to accomplish that, and I began to uh, rescue and do adoptions officially. And eventually that happened to uh, when I crossed over to dogs as well. And so um, after I got my first dog, uh, also off the street that nobody wanted, uh, uh, that led into um, instead of just wanting one dog because I just wanted one dog, that's all I wanted, it went into the next dog and the next dog. And so my rescue was in full swing by 2006.
0: That's wonderful. Humble beginnings, but you're able to continue on with it. Yes. Now, your organization is called Silver Rescue. Right. And you specialize in getting pets out of bad situations, health issues and whatnot. Um, How do you know that there are pets out there that are in need of saving?
1: Well, there are, of course, the um, uh, animals that have been turned over to uh, uh, shelters, either Humane Society or uh, Animal Controls. Um and I could, a lot of people take uh, uh, pets that are on the euthanasia um, list, they take them out of these kill shelters. I've not done that. I've taken them off the streets, and um mostly uh, in my neighborhood, uh, because I live near a park, and people would dump dogs in that park, and the dogs start roaming the streets, and uh, one thing leads to another. Uh, the cats, I'm not sure how the cats end up loose, um, but um, the cats are, they just appear in the easement woods behind my house. Um, and uh, so some of the cats are healthy, uh, I guess just not wanted. Others are feral that are wild. Uh, and so sometimes I have a little feral colony back there, and other times I take ferals in them and I tame them. Usually, those stay with me for life because nobody wants a super shy cat. Um, And um, the dogs get dumped. Some are very friendly. Some are shy. Uh, Some are wounded. Some have um, skin issues and whatever. So when I pick a dog up uh, or a cat, I put signs out uh, to make sure that if somebody had lost a dog or... and you can also go online for that now. Uh, things have changed a lot in the in the last twenty years you You put the word out in other words, that you have an animal, is it yours basically? and if nobody answers, um, I've already taken that animal to the vet and and spent money on it, uh tried to find a microchip um, and so on and so if nobody answers um that call, uh, so to speak, then uh, um they are mine and I heal them, train them, uh, and then put them up for adoption.
0: Okay, so what would be some signs that maybe a pet is in need? If you were just, I guess, if you were just, you know, keeping your eyes out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Uh, 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 <laughs> when you see a dog on the street, in my opinion, it's always in need because it shouldn't be running the streets. And most of the time, the dogs are dumped um, and some are born on the street uh unspayed uh females uh have their puppies out there somewhere under a bush, and then eventually uh you know those puppies grow up wild and um they get run over or they get manged uh sometimes you see uh, physical uh skin issues um, A dog that i rescued i 've had several that had skin issues, another dog that I rescued. He lived i I never could figure out where he hid, where he decided to call his safety place, his safe place, but he showed up at a neighbor's house, and I hoped that the neighbor would take him in, but the neighbor was one was a one dog person. He wasn't unkind, he would feed them, he would let them stay in his yard, but he would never take him in. Uh, take them in. And he's had several that showed up there, and I've taken several of those in myself. But this particular one touched at my heart as badly as others, and it turned really tragic um, in that um, his eyes were good, his body was good, uh, and um, in while I was trying to figure out if he belonged to somebody, one day he showed up. One eye had gone bad, basically milked over uh, like a milky Way film or something, he he couldn't see out of that eye, and he had a great big chunk of meat out of his uh, hind quarters. And so that's when I thought, okay, I can't be um, on the fence about this anymore. And uh, the neighbor, that particular neighbor, and I lured him into my backyard. I had the yard fenced by then, and um, I called my then trainer uh his mother was a vet and i said can you help me get this dog healed uh fixed up uh i've I've put flyers out i've put uh things out to try to figure out where he lived and nobody's answered so i think it's time that this dog gets healed and trained and put up for adoption and she uh fixed his little um wound, as I call it? It was pretty bad. There are things when it becomes an emergency and you got to do something. Right. And even if you vet the animal and you heal it and then somebody says, oh, that's my dog, then um, you can give it back if you find that the situation is safe. But by that time, you've already had the dog for 30 days. And I believe it's a 30-day rule that if you've had the dog for 30 days and you've vetted him, the dog is yours. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, and so um, I have to uh, check back on the timing on that. I may not be exactly right, but it's at least 30 days.
0: So if we are you know, out and about um, and you see an animal that you might think is in need of some help, what should you do? Is it safe to go ahead and try to interact or should you call animal control?
1: You can do either. If you don't feel safe, uh, then call animal control. If you, you can also put a notice out, I belong to a neighborhood association. Uh, there are people that at least once a week say, there's a dog running around here. Is it anybody li- in this neighborhood watch, so to speak? Um, and sometimes people find the dogs, uh, owners, and sometimes not. And some people take them to animal control, and other people take over their care. Uh, sometimes they reach out to me to uh, see if I will find homes for these dogs, and I have um, uh, an option set up through my rescue where I can do that because I am basically full at this point. I can't take any more animals in um, uh, for now. And so uh, I've always made it a policy that if somebody needed help, Placing an animal that they found, and even if it's an animal of their own, I prefer that they keep it, obviously. But there are situations where they can't or they won't, and I, I can't be judgmental. That's not my place. So that I, then I try to help them um, uh, by uh, photographing the animals, cat or dog, um, putting it on, on my adoption site, and uh, doing the adoption process for them. Because uh, most people don't know how to do a proper adoption. And so, um, um you know so there are more ways to help an animal than me just taking them in um if i see if I, who've got experience, see a dog that needs to needs help i uh if I don't have any treats with me, I might um go to the store real quick and get something uh if if the dog doesn't get lured in easily. Or if I have treats with me, I might throw treats to it and try to lure it in. I usually always have a a leash with me in the car. Um, And if it allows me to leash it, then I will, um, unless it's a weekend where I can't do that, I will take it to the vet, get it uh, checked for a microchip, and um, uh, usually keep it there until I hear from somebody or until um, I can get it vaccinated and I can get a foster home, or I'll get it started, and I might even turn it into animal control. Uh, Our metro animal control is very good now, and since I cannot take in an animal right now, my only resource would be to go take it there. Metro animal control is not a no-kill shelter, but it is a very low kill shelter. So uh, that's, those are my choices. Those are the choices I offer to others. There, are, uh, you can trap if you have a dog trap uh, or if you can borrow one uh, from associations. There are a lot of people, a lot of private people who do this, that actually have dog traps, live traps. Um, if, if a dog is so skittish and so afraid that you cannot get it by hand, then you get, uh, you set out the trap and, um, uh, there are ways to set up the trap properly. And so I, uh, that's another thing mean, we could go on and talk for a, a week about all the things <laughs> that can be done. But, you know, I teach people how to set up the trap properly and, um, get the uh, dog in question to eventually trust it to go in. Sometimes it takes a day. Sometimes it takes days, weeks or months. Um it just all depends on the on the shyness and the fear level of the dog.
0: Now, as a pet lover of all different types and sizes, how would I go about adopting one of your amazing animals from your shelter?
1: Um you will probably have read on my adoption site about the animal that you're interested in and then um write me or through the uh adoption site itself through the link itself there's a way to connect to to me um, and ask for an application. Uh, you fill that out. Uh, we have phone interviews, personal interviews. Um, I um, You get to meet the dog. We do a meet and greet. I go to their home and make sure that everything in that home is the way I need it to be for that particular dog. Um, some dogs I need a fence for, other dogs I don't. Um and um so it's basically that in a in a nutshell. Okay.
0: Now, sometimes shelters can get overwhelmed, I'm with pets and I I know that you've talked about how you're at capacity right now and these shelters need support from the community. How can we best help Silver Rescue continue its mission of helping pets in need?
1: Well, I have all the physical things that an animal needs, toys for the dogs and the cats and so on. The biggest thing that I need is donations to help feed them, to help vet them. Um, I have um, a dog just recently, she's had cancer. Um, she had three types of cancer um, at the same time three years ago, uh, or almost four years ago now uh she's had three surgeries for bowel obstructions uh and just recently she's had a middle inner ear infection which sounds like nothing special but it made her fall over she couldn't walk she walked leaning to to the left for days and she still this has been three weeks now she still walks a little tilted uh all of these things vet visits, and so on they cost money and i cannot once I saw her falling over, I thought, okay, you can just let her die here or you can take her to the vet. Those are your choices. Um, you know, and I I can't do that. I have to take them to the vet to make sure that, you know, they get the right treatment um, and that costs money. Um, I have a little cat that has, uh, currently has a disease that nobody can diagnose. Three vets have looked at her and nobody can figure out what's wrong with her. She has lost half of her body weight from almost 9 pounds to 4.5. She's actually gained a few ounces and is a little bit over 5 pounds again. But ultrasounds, x-rays, multiple blood panels, nothing is conclusive. They're suspecting um, intestinal lymphoma, but they can't see anything to prove that. So uh, we just go from one day to the next and make sure that she's happy, that she eats. Uh, Any little thing that goes wrong, some of it I can fix by giving her under-the-skin hydration. The the bag of of hydration fluid is about $50. Um, It lasts about two weeks. The food that she has to eat, she eats a lot to just maintain the weight that she has. I spend about $80 of food on her every two weeks. Um, The vet bills for her, for this tiny little cat, have gone up to $2,500. So, you know, those are just two cases right now that I've got that are dire that uh, need constant vet visits. So, my vet bills are always always up there. The money that I need to pay them is never enough. I never get enough donations. to, uh, operate the rescue, uh, on normal, which, it takes about, uh, just being careful, it takes about $5,000 every six months to run this rescue. And then if anything extra comes up, like this little cat and, and, and the little dog that fell over, you know, then I go in a hole really quick. So monetary donations is the primary thing that is, ne- is needed for this rescue.
0: Okay, so the best way for us to help would be donations with money so that you can stay yeah. on your feet and be able to help, you know, the pets yeah. that come in and out. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. All right, so talking about your silver rescue, do you have a favorite memory
1: that will stay with you forever? <laughs> well, I guess I'll just talk about the first one. Um, silver, when I rescued silver, um, I mean, I have so many. Uh, every animal has got its, its extra little something. Um, but silver... I was new to rescue. I didn't even think about going into rescue when I rescued him, but him sitting in my lap and looking at me, looking up at me, this tiny little five-month-old kitten, he looks at me with those big green eyes and just like in in sheer terror uh, that he would be hurt. But yet he sat perfectly still, like, okay, if I'm really still, nobody will hurt me and he didn't try to bite me he didn't threaten me he didn't hiss nothing he just sat there and looked at me with those beautiful beautiful eyes and um later on i called him silver because when he was in my lap and the sunshine would come in the window uh his fur shone like silver and um so i told him one day that if i ever opened a rescue i would name it after him so he made it. he had a huge impact on me and uh, basically gave me the start of working with animals, which is really something I had wanted to do all my life, work with animals. So uh, his was the first and perhaps the most special memory um the, where the cats are uh, Regarding the cat. Uh, it's a wonderful
0: memory to have it, yeah. you know, it kind of started the whole thing And it inspired you to carry on that kind of mentality Of being able to help those in need Of, furry, of yeah. the furry variety or Scaly, yeah. maybe. Maybe one day you will open up um, and help some, you know, reptiles or something. But for now... Why um, not? You why know, not? I would,
1: probably, <laughs> I would probably find somebody that ha- knows more about that. Because, <laughs> uh, it, you know, every animal has its own expertise. Right. Um, you know, so it's... And, and uh, I have learned a lot about cats. I've learned a lot about dogs. There are people that rescue uh, uh, horses. There are people that rescue rabbits. There are people that rescue reptiles. And you can't do everything as much as I want to, um, but you, you have to defer to other people that know their side of the rescue business better than I do.
0: All right, but, I th- you know, I still think it's wonderful what you're doing, and to have that Thank kind you. of the heart that is, is so loving and welcoming and wanting to, you know, you see these animals that are in need, and you immediately think, I have to do something to help. Um, I right. can't just leave this here. You know, I cannot leave this animal here. That's a wonderful mentality to have. And I hope our listeners that are, you know, tuning in I'm um, kind of hear that and maybe take that to heart because that yeah. is um, a wonderful thing to kind of pass along and to share. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, as a librarian, <laughs> I know we've talked a lot about the <laughs> Silver Rescue Center. We've talked a lot about, you know, if you see an animal in need, if you think it might need a little bit of help try to coax it out maybe get it you know try to see if it will interact with you if you don't feel comfortable maybe get someone else to help Um, you know we've talked about all the different types of ways that we can help you know with donations and whatnot, and what you know what expenses you're having to go through but let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit okay (laughs) Um, as a librarian I have to ask you because this is going to be our last question um, do you have a favorite book or maybe a book that you can recommend to our listeners
1: well I am well I've been told that Geminis are twins. Uh I'm not sure if that's a good twin or an evil twin. Maybe both. But they're very <laughs> but they're very energetic and they are people that uh want to do a lot. So I ha- and have lots of interests and that is maybe good, maybe bad. That is where I am. I have a lot of interests and Whenever I read a book, that's my favorite one right there. For example, (laughs) for example, now I have to say I've read some bad books, but those that I like, you know. I mean, for example, in the last three weeks, I decided to read the classics, some of the classics, and I read, um, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. I read, um, Old Yeller, and I read, uh, Where the Fern Grows.
0: Oh, where the the red fern grows?
1: Where the red fern grows, exactly. And I found it very interesting that, uh, especially where the red fern grows on Old Yeller, the way they treated their animals, especially when they first got to know them and they weren't real happy about having them around, whatever, especially Old Yeller, they were what we would call today abusive towards these dogs yet that was the mentality 100 years ago or even less than that and the dogs would respect them they might fear them but they would respect them and eventually it turned into a love relationship but i found these books very moving on many levels this dog went to his knees and eventually, this boy and this dog became best friends, and the dog saved his life several times, saved the boy's life several times, and these two, dog and boy, became thick as thieves, so to speak. You know, So it was a lovely book, yet I would cringe whenever something like that was done. Today, if somebody threw a rock at the dog's head Um, we would call somebody and say, this person is abusive to this dog. Right,
0: absolutely. You know? (laughs) Get away from
1: him. (laughs) Exactly. Things have changed terribly, and today we would not be allowed to write such a book, but yet it's still a classic, and it's a lovely book. Um, I think it's worth for every child and every young person and even adult to read it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think so, too. It, that's why it's a classic, right?
1: Yes, exactly. exactly.
0: Aww. Well, thank you so much, Krina, for coming to speak with us about Pet Rescue. We absolutely appreciate you coming to talk to us about your organization. Um, we would love to have you any time to come back. Um, but as a reminder to our listeners, always stay new to your pets, right? Yes. Absolutely. Well, thank you so Definitely. much.
1: <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye.